This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack was asked if China had met the terms of the Phase 1 trade agreement. He replied, no. Earlier this month, he told attendees of the American Farm Bureau Convention that China was short of hitting its ag purchase commitments by about $16 billion. Vilsack also referenced U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai's efforts to engage China in future trade talks, but indicated that completion of the Phase 1 promises could be required before a new Phase 2 agreement would be put in place. A recent study from the Peterson Institute for International Economics outlined just how far off that China was from meeting the Phase 1 trade targets. Total ag purchases were estimated to have reached 83% of the commitment. Soybeans contributed the bulk of the total dollar value at just over $14 billion, but purchases met only 66% of the target. Chinese corn purchases were relatively lighter in value at $5.1 billion, but they amounted to 1,176% above the expected target. Other ag commodity purchases that beat their targets were sorghum at 102%, wheat at 110%, and pork at 303%. Cotton purchases missed the mark at 92%. Trade rep Thai has got her plate full trying to hold our trade partners to their prior commitments. While China was relatively close to reaching the Phase 1 trade targets for agriculture, the Peterson Institute estimated that only 57% of the goods and services commitments were met in total. Tai's own report on Chinese compliance, published this week, found that several other conditions of the trade deal outside of the purchase agreements had also not been met, including fixes for unfair practices on forced technology transfers and copyright infringement, bans on certain plant varieties, and policies covering animal hormones and feed additives. Chinese officials responded to the report saying that, U.S. labeling China as non-market oriented does not have any proof nor is it consistent with the facts, unquote. Along with online talks being held sporadically with China, Thai's team has also been keeping up with our North American neighbors to ensure that the goals of the two-year-old U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement are advancing. There have been new issues popping up in just the last few weeks, including the ongoing protests by U.S. and Canadian truckers and the recent U.S. ban of avocado imports from Mexico. Trucker protests in the United States and Canada have the potential to further aggravate problems along the supply chain at a time when the two sides have been attempting to make progress in outstanding trade squabbles. Access to Canadian dairy markets remain at the top of the list for U.S. farmers who have been hurt by Canada's limits in the amount of dry milk that can be used in cheese making. Also on Canadian trade issues... There have been qualms about Canada's restrictions against U.S. seed imports and ingredient labeling requirements for certain processed foods. One of the biggest trade issues still open between the United States and Canada is the tariffs against their softwood lumber imports from there. In November, the Biden administration doubled the duty charge from 9 to 18 percent, claiming that the Canadian government was unfairly dumping subsidized lumber into the U.S. market. There is concern that the tariffs will contribute further to sharply rising home construction costs in the United States and cause further reasons for trade tensions. Policy members have recently talked more about the potential for new alliances with countries around the Indian and Pacific Oceans, 
something that could help make up for the United States not joining the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal that was proposed in 2016. In another new trade deal just announced, India agreed to allow U.S. pork imports for the first time in three years. India is not a big consumer of pork to the large portion of the population that are Muslim or Hindu, but this agreement is a sign of progress that could encourage future cooperation between the two countries. There is a particularly strong opportunity to increase exports of U.S. soy oil, since India is the world's largest consumer of edible oils. Crude oil prices dipped during the week, despite Ukraine war risk. The Vienna talks on curbing Iran's nuclear development efforts in exchange for removing global sanctions on that country resumed. It was announced that the talks are now in final stages in an agreement maybe within days, and it was up to Iran to show what was serious about commitments made. That fed the break in oil despite Ukrainian tensions because Iran's capacity to ship another million barrels per day could be restored. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on market opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 